Hi guys, Paul from the innovation community here. Today I'm with Keith Krutz, who is the Director of People Analytics at NASA. So Keith is a strategy and analytics leader in, in federal government in the United States, and he leads people analytics and, and also digital transformation challenges as well. Great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks, Paul. T to start with, tell us a bit about yourself in a few words. Uh, in a few words, um, well, I, I'd say uh, I, I get very excited about the kinds of questions that we ask, uh, as well as the, the problems and the opportunities that come from them and how we work together to address them. I think that's probably it in a nutshell, but you know, what, what I do at work or outside of work often ties into data and technologies and transformation and uh, strategy, but really it's all, all to that end of asking good questions and figuring out what to do about what comes from them. Sounds a lot easier than it is, I'm sure. <laughs> Where did your uh, yeah. analytics career start? Uh, well, uh, you know, analytics uh, career started, I, I think the, the first moment where I really got hooked was uh, I, I worked on a, a really interesting quant project. Uh, this was a while ago, maybe about 20 years ago before I came to government, where we were using conjoint analysis in understanding employee preferences. So, you know, what what attract someone to an employer, what makes a job um, engaging. And I just, I love the idea of that intersection between, you know, the marketing discipline and the human capital discipline and, and using that to understand, you know, kind of what mattered to people, you know, the conjoint, of course, being the method where you might know this from, you know, uh, product development and say automobiles of, hey, would you rather have the, the bigger engine at a higher price or, you know, more fuel efficiency, middle price, et cetera. Um, and that works well in, in a lot of different areas. So, uh, yeah, that, I, that was probably a, a starting point. But from there, I, I kind of got hooked on and that focus and, and built it out into a, a, another role using OLAP technologies at a time when it was pretty new in human capital to put together strategic consulting and metrics. Um, and then from there, kind of went, went in a few different directions. So that's probably the starting point. And 20 years is a, a long time in the 21st century. How have you seen uh, your role adapt and, and change over time? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I am constantly seeking, uh, so to speak. And, and I think the, the uh, focus for myself in, in the role has been to uh, pursue as much cross-functional perspective as possible. So, you know, over that time, I've really tried to move into a lot of different disciplines to understand how they use data and analysis, what kinds of data are inherent there, what differences in the culture around data. Uh, and that's been the, the subject of my education too in, in graduate school is more, you know, going to a program that's focused on sort of the enterprise cross-functional perspective. Uh, and I, I think that's really suited the way I've seen the, you know, if that's me in the role, the, the role itself seems to be, you know, moving towards more, more convergence. Um, and that's where I think it gets really interesting is, you know, that it's not just the, the functional perspective of HR or CFO or IT, but it's, you know, how do you see the whole picture? Um, and, you know, how do you bring that to decisions that, uh, you know, can, can have the most impact overall? So uh, that's technology change, it's culture change, um, you know, it's skills change and, you know, just so much rapid innovation happening right now. It's pretty exciting. Sounds it. What are you up to in your current role? Yeah, um, so my current role is, uh, 
you know, it's kind of the, the joke about, you know, um, it's half and half and half and half of several different things. Uh, I, I am uh, still looking at analytics in the human capital function, but as part of enterprise analytics. So uh, how do we build the IT architecture um, as well as the, the workforce and practices and data integrations for cross-functional analytics? Uh, but that is also part of uh, a digital transformation effort where uh, I'm, I'm working on how we can bring together disparate capabilities to address priority business problems. So uh, one of the, the biggest challenges is getting paralyzed and thinking about the perfect future uh, rather than just taking step by step on a, on a key problem to try and to solve it. So um, digital transformation as far as the uh, digital transformation grand challenges program um, that, uh, that we're standing up as well as uh, our culture and workforce attributes of, of digital transformation, how we can engender that as, as part of how we operate. Um, so yeah, those are, are some of the, the current projects. Fantastic. And, and you come across as someone, well, you, you explicitly mentioned you've worked in this space, but also implicitly that you, you enjoy it and you have fun. What really interests you about working with analytics? Uh, you know, it's, it, I, I had mentioned in, the, in the, the first round of this about a year ago that it's, it's surprising lots of times to folks that, um, you know, an analytics person studied English literature in school. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's really that, that, uh, that kind of background, the finding the pattern uh, and the, the helping connect people around a pattern that I find really interesting. I mean, you know, data is just information. I mean, you really like it, the more that we have capability that can translate just about any information to data. Uh, it's just what's what's around us. So, you know, it's a language and it's it's our, our world around us and it's material. Uh, and if you can use that as a way to help people communicate and connect and collaborate uh, with each other, uh, what, a, what an amazing capability, what a, what a great way to spend our time. So uh, I'm really trying to figure out how to do that in a way that can help people um, do things that otherwise they might not have realized they could uh, and solve challenges in, in, in government and otherwise that uh, have previously been uh, pretty, pretty difficult knots. And that leads me nicely on to the next question. What would you describe as some of the, the big successes you've achieved with this attitude over your career? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would take exclusive credit for anything that I've achieved in my career, uh, but you know, I, I think some of the great things that uh, I've been able to be around, uh, let's say, uh, you know, the, 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 I think where, where I can add impact on that is often I, I feel like I'm the person who's trying to bring something up early and hire great people who can do something about it. Uh, and then really kind of push through those initial hurdles to, to get it on track. Uh, and in, in um, you know, the, the private sector, there was some great research around that and some great early kind of build of this momentum around human capital analytics and, and some, um, some other kinds of analytic projects. In government, it was, it was really fun being part of uh, the intelligence community and uh, projects ranging from how to develop the, the collaboration and workforce needed in that space and, and new capabilities for thinking about organizational design and careers there. Um, but then also how to think about collaboration in the products uh, and that customer centricity as part of um, intelligence integration was, was a really interesting effort and largely analytically driven. So, you know, these things all build to, uh, you know, uh, future capabilities though. And one of my favorite things is to look back over those seeds that, you know, early on uh, were kind of big question marks and see what they've grown into. And uh, the kinds of things that are out there now are just really remarkable. It's a, a testament to the dedication and creativity of the workforce working around a lot of these areas. Mm. 
Absolutely. And a lot of the people that we, we do have on the podcast, they, they tend to come from, uh, you know, big Fortune 500 companies. And this is obviously a little, a little bit different to that. How would you characterize the use of analytics within federal government? No, that's a big question. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, um, you know, there's always leveling. Uh, so no matter what your team is, uh, that's part of a, a larger team, which is part of a larger team. And there's probably other teams, you know, um, in the federal government, there, there's so many levels. So, uh, you know, there, there's the levels within individual components of agencies, the agencies, the communities, those agencies are part of the broader federal government. You know, all of that is, is just an integrated part of our world. So the partnerships with industry and, and external partners. So, uh, you know, I think there's, there's always the question of, you know, how, how wide to draw the circle on the analytics project. Uh, you know, there, there's certainly more to be gained in working together than alone. Uh, and I think that's a, a critical part of any analytics effort is figuring out how to get scale. Uh, but at the same time, if you try to scale it all the way up, uh, you're just going to wind up spinning for a very long time because there's, there's so many different needs and stakeholders to coordinate among. Um, so kind of choosing your marks and figuring out how to build and what makes sense for further collaboration is, is really very critical. Uh, there's certainly another, another big challenge on analytics in federal government, which is in, in industry, we always had the bottom line as a, a, a dependent variable. Um, and, you know, figuring out like what we are going to do um, and by way of the prioritization of that topic amidst so many potential opportunities, uh, you know, figuring out what we want to model that against uh, can be pretty complicated. Uh, but it, it's a, a really interesting challenge to try to work with because ultimately, you know, there's so many people who really feel that uh, ability that we're getting closer to new ways to think about how we responsibly steward taxpayer dollars to, to amazing things. So, um, yeah, new, different challenges, but a, a lot of similar challenges as well. I try to stay very well connected to uh, industry colleagues um, and share ideas about what they're working on and what we're working on. And there's a lot more in common than there is different. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that, uh, that the challenges do tend to be very similar, just in terms of the execution, it can be, can be very uh, diverse. Tell us about a time that you affected change in a major organization, maybe some of the challenges that came with that, uh, you know, how you approached it. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the, 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 the change challenges, I think, um, you know, this often gets to that challenge of, uh, you know, how much are we, we defining the perfect um, and, and trying to spend our time um, developing a, a, a complete sense of what that should be before we get started. Uh, so the areas where I feel that like we've made the most progress are in taking specific challenges and trying to, uh, you know, drive change around those. And sometimes that's around, you know, workforce planning on, on being able to better articulate the needs of a, a mission and where that needs to go and uh, doing all the forecasts and projections about, you know, where that is now, but where it's heading and, uh, and then what that should mean in terms of how we bring in and develop uh, key talent. Sometimes it's, it's uh, questions of, of um, organizational design and what are the right level of standards. And analytically, there's, there's so much that we can do around uh, figuring out effective organizational design. I think that area is going to change quite a bit uh, as we move from more of a hierarchical based way of working uh, to more of a network based way of working. Uh, but, you know, I'd say the, the things that uh, the most uh, accomplishment are, are from, honestly, it's often just who, who did you bring in? 
and what have they gone on to do? I think that's when, when I look at the changes that are, are uh, most significant. I mean, there's specific projects and uh, you know, without going into detail on some of those, it's, it's more like what capability did you build by way of the architecture that can be used for other things, the talent that you brought in, the, the kind of culture around learning uh, for that project. So. Fantastic stuff. And a big question uh, on everyone's minds right now is the whole technology piece, whether that's AI or, or new programs or ever developing programs. What effects do you think that this will have over the, the next few years? Yeah, you know, it, uh, that's a really interesting question. I mean, effects uh, and what will affect it. Uh, you know, I think there's, there, there's so much that's changing in the fundal, fundamental way that we do things. And, uh, you know, I, I think the first and foremost that's always on my mind is the ethics implications um, and making sure that we are uh, developing responsibly and, and um, developing uh, what we will uh, with a consideration for what we are going to see from that development. And uh, with AI and ML, that, that gets particularly important and not hard coding some problems of the past into the future. Uh, but there's, there's just so many other ways that we see that. So the, the ethical implications of it are, are definitely something that we need to be keeping an eye out for. But also the, just the, the way that we think and, and learn and operate, I, I feel like could change so significantly. I mean, my, my kids, like so many others, have been in sort of a variety of virtual and, uh, and in-person learning over the past year. And uh, I mean, future of work happened almost overnight last year for a lot of people in the workspace of shifting from seeing people in person to uh, not just seeing screen to screen like we're doing right now, but also a lot of different kinds of asynchronous collaboration. Uh, and, you know, the, the way that we work can so frequently shape the way that we think. Uh, and I, I don't really know yet what that all means. I don't think anybody does. Uh, so, you know, just uh, looking for unintended consequences, I think is going to be, you know, really important as we, we develop our way forward. You know, I'd say there's also, uh, from an implications uh, of the world around us to, to the use of analytics and, and analytics broadly there, you know, um, that can mean a lot of things now. We have to think about the data that we're generating. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, we, we, we know there's obvious, you know, sampling problems even in, in big data. In some ways, they're more insidious than sampling problems in a deliberate research methodology because you can have overconfidence in, in the information that you have. Uh, so, you know, thinking about how we're connecting to different sets of information, how we're processing, interpreting them, how we're serving that out to the folks who can do something with them, uh, but uh, not getting off track in terms of, um, you know, uh, falling in love with certain data sets or methodologies, uh, I think is going to be pretty important. Great insights. And uh, obviously, as a, as, a, as a people leader, I can run this podcast about asking you about, you know, your leadership style. How would you describe it in your own words? Um, you know, I, I, I think people are amazing. Uh, and the, you know, the, what I try to do is just help people be their kind of amazing. Um, and whether that's just you know, listening uh, and finding the, the things that might be slowing them down and, and helping get those things out of the way or finding the gaps and figuring out how to bridge them. Uh, yeah, really, I, I am uh, very focused on trying to allow people to operate the way that they want to operate, but as part of a, a system where we can do that together in a way we can accomplish more together than we could alone. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. And when it comes to engaging members of the organization with analytics, how would you approach that? Um, so approaching people about analytics is, um, 
a very complicated map. Uh, you know, you've got people who are all over the board in terms of, you know, different domains, um, different, you know, comfort levels with different kinds of, of uh, data and information analysis. Uh, I think the the most important thing to me, simply put, is just to, to you know, really um, listen to who you're talking to and, and not try and just use a, a one size fits all, but, you know, understand what's important to them. And, uh, you know, that, that helps inform what you're doing with the analytics, for sure, uh, but it also helps inform how, how to communicate about them. Uh, and you know that that is an exercise in journalism in a way. It's you know how do you how do you find the right story? How do you tell the right story? Uh, yeah, there's tools and tactics along the way, and and certainly data visualization is is uh, is one that many people attach to, and that there's so much uh, that you can do by you know a, a picture that helps people discover the insight as they're processing it. Um, you know, there, and especially now that we're getting to the point where, you know, it's easier and easier to have uh, incredible visualizations, but also persistent visualizations that um, can be just part of the way that you work um, instead of the, the great study that, you know, starts dying the moment that it's published. Um, you know, how do we keep the live data and monitor different issues? So, um, yeah, uh, figuring out how to, you know, see what's important to somebody, how to tell that story, and then how to make it actionable and plug into, you know, what they're doing with value. Um, those are some of the hearts. Where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within the, the, the federal government right now? Because it seems like they're, they're, they're getting on board, you know, moving away from the picture of the, the, the whole red tape bureaucratic system. It actually seems like, especially in the US, but also in, in Canada and, and Europe as well, they are getting on board. Where do you think the next step will be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think federal government's been on board for for a long time and is very excited about this and has been working to you know organize and and invest um, where possible um, you know and make the most out of the resources that we have there's uh, you know great things happening uh, in the u.s with the evidence act um, and uh, putting more organization and alignment around this kind of work uh, but it's it's one of, of many examples of investment in this space uh, you know i, I think there's um, uh, you know always opportunity to, to look across governments as well uh, you know, whether uh, across countries and collaborate there, but also, you know, I, I find it really interesting when we're collaborating as federal government with state and local governments as well, uh, who are very often very closely connected uh, with their, uh, with their, the, the folks that they're serving uh, can provide a lot of insight and a lot of, uh, you know, kind of entrepreneurialism and how we approach it. Uh, you know, I think some of the, the critical issues with government uh, often come down to, you know, how, um, you know, we're, we are transitioning from a, a model that is, you know, kind of organized by the way the money gets spent and the way that, uh, you know, kind of uh, organizations have been built to be operational. Uh, but those things are, are usually uh, orchestrated in a different way than we'd want the data to be uh, organized. So there, there may be kind of top to bottom architectures uh, that create and house data that you'd really want to be able to be part of a, a broader data set. So, you know, I think you, you can see a lot of interesting events on, you know, how we create data architectures and IT architectures to support this across government right now. Uh, but it's a hard topic. And, uh, you know, there's, there's your usual people process technology implications to all of that. And we're trying to often do that on the, the same budgets that we have to, to operate in the current system. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it, it's really a prioritization exercise. Uh, and when there's limitless opportunity, uh, that can be challenging. Uh, all again, part of why we, we really need to listen to folks on, on what's going to have the biggest impact and, and align our, our efforts there. Excellent. So how has COVID-19 affected your role and your ability to, to really communicate and engage? Um, 
Yeah, so uh, first off, you, you definitely ask uh, good, good challenging questions here. These are all big ones. I mean, there's uh, you know, obviously just tremendous impacts from COVID-19 in so many different ways. Uh, and uh, it's been amazing to see how much uh, people have been able to 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 do to help other people uh, throughout what's been happening over over the past year with this. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it has in a, in a lot of ways really catalyzed things that we knew we needed, um, and that now we we really can't live without uh, when it comes to data and analytics. And and there are a lot of the same issues we've been talking about. You know, how do you put together a cross functional perspective on uh, you know safety and facilities planning and resource planning and IT planning and workforce planning. Uh, you know, that's a data integration issue. Um, and having kind of the, the, the IT architecture to be able to do that, having the teams collaborating with each other to do that, uh, applying new methods to be able to tell a clear story on a highly sensitive, uh, you know, highly time sensitive, highly complex topic area. Uh, these are all things that are in a, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, representative of our, our broader future in, in analytics. Not to mention, you know, the way that co collaboration is unfolding and the kind of technology that we need for that. Uh, I mean, there's been roadmaps that were, you know, five-year roadmaps pulled forward into months um, to be able to uh, to respond and support mission more effectively. It was amazing last year seeing things like, uh, you know, the, the perseverance that just landed last week, uh, which what an, an, an amazing thing to see that happen. To see the launch for that happen last year with a, a team that was more than 90% remote. Uh, it was unbelievable, you know, the, the walkdowns uh, via mobile instead of on, on site uh, and teams, you know, doing their everything they need to do to make sure that went off without a hitch from laptops at home. Uh, it's really pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, uh, perhaps it's it's opened our eyes uh, a bit more than uh, than it would have otherwise. And, and there's still so much to do and, and so much that we uh, that we could do on that space. So could talk about that for hours in of itself. Yeah, and I've hit you with a lot of hard questions. What's your top working from home tip? Uh, top working from home tip. Uh, I, I help my family with it at whatever they need. Uh, make sure the dog is taken care of. I guess those are probably the two most important. Uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, I, I am very grateful for how easy it's been for me compared to others. You know, I, I think it's it's the most important tip isn't so much about me, but in general, just remember that, you know, people say we're, we're all in the same boat and, and we're, we're not really. I mean, we're all in the same ocean, uh, but we're all in very different boats. Uh, and, you know, some people are having a lot harder time with this than others because of, you know, their, their individual circumstances. And I think we need to extend a lot of grace to that and also figure out how to make sure that um, that doesn't have a disparate impact in, uh, in our, our workforce and our communities. So, yeah, uh, just again, comes back to, to listen to the people around you is the top tip. Cool. So last few questions then. What was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Oh, um, yeah, so I guess we're going to continue on the, the hard questions route. So uh, the, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the hardest thing sometimes can be knowing when to move on to the next challenge or when to see the current challenge through one more step. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, this work is never finished. Uh, and, you know, analytics is change management. Uh, so there, there's always something further to do. There's always some other way to scale it, to create more capability, to engage other missions, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes, you know, when it's the right time to keep personally stretching into something new and as well as get into that early adopter stage of the curve uh, to try and, you know, really pick up, pick up pace with the kind of work that, that I, I typically do. So I think if I, if, you know, I, I am, 
you know, very grateful for the career that I've had. And, um, you know, thankfully there haven't been any major missteps. If there's anything that I do reflect on sometimes it's, you know, did I maybe leave one step too early? Um, you know, if, if sticking around a little bit more could have helped the pace continue uh, at a high trajectory instead of taking a little bit of a dip and, and picking up later. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's probably all I got there. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Um, you know, there, there was a, a, a professor that I had at school who talked about how, um, you know, people, we, the, the phrase uh, dead wrong uh, comes up quite a lot. And, you know, it's, it's a very common thing, but the phrase dead right doesn't come up quite as often. And it's, it's as or more common. Uh, when you can really get kind of locked into a certain solution or, or a certain, uh, you know, way of, way of working. And um, uh, so much so that, uh, you know, you're not receptive to those around you uh, or to how things might have changed. Uh, so, yeah, I think the best advice is just, you know, listen out for, for when, you're, when you're dead right uh, and, and not get so locked in. Uh, but, you know, some of the, the, the topics from earlier as well, where just focus on a problem. Uh, I, I think that's that's also very good advice. Uh, yes, a, a, a close advisor and mentor was telling me that they just have on a, on a sticky on their computer monitor, like focus on the problem um, as their daily just reminder. So a couple of good ones. Yeah, very good. What are you curious about right now? Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> how, how are we not curious about everything right now? There, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the, th sticking with the theme for, for analytics and technology here, I think one of the things I'm really curious about is how we're going to adapt our methods to better account for black swan events. Uh, you know, they're, they're just increasingly all around us. And what does that mean? You know, when, when the uh, almost impossible uh, becomes the, the commonplace, uh, you know, how do you, how do you factor that into your decision support models? Uh, so I'm curious how that's going to adapt. Um, you know, I'm curious about some of the things that I mentioned earlier, too, about how, how our, our, our way of thinking uh, will evolve with new ways of, of working, um, uh, new kinds of education, new, new ways of learning, especially. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm curious how uh, this, this, this future network model is actually going to play out. I mean, there's, there's so much that we're working on to try and adapt uh, just the, the very foundations of the way we organize into a very new model. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, no shortage of things to be curious about. So, Paul, I'm expecting our next hour, you're going to tell me all the answers to all these things. Uh, that, that's, uh, I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast to try and get people together who have more answers than I have questions. Yeah, I, I mean, thanks. So it's, it's like, I think in two years, a lot of the stuff we'll talk about could even be redundant, you know. And obviously, maybe apart from the people stuff. <laughs> uh, now, I'm not sure if this is going to be an easy question, but I can see you've got a lot of books behind you. So who's currently your favorite author? Might be a difficult one. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, favorite authors. Uh, so, you know, again, I, the, the English major background, I try and keep a, a fair balance of... Um, you know, fiction and, and nonfiction. Uh, right now, lately, I, I've been probably reading more of, of the, the work-related stuff. Uh, you know, I, I am, I'm finding, for one thing, pretty much anything that Josh Burson publishes to be spot on. Uh, and, uh, you know, Adam Grant, I feel like, is just spot on on, on so much of, of what he's publishing as well. Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with, uh, you know, the way that John Cotter has been continuing to stay so at the forefront and, and his... Um, 
his book Accelerate is, is on my, my night table right now uh, and thinking about how we adapt to agile ways of working and, and kind of network network based uh, org model. Uh, yeah, Scott Page, I, I feel like has been very relevant lately. Uh, some of the work that he's published in, in the diversity bonus. Uh, yeah, his, his reference, the model thinker is, is phenomenal, uh, just having a bunch of tools out there. Uh, you know, I guess if there's, if there's one that I cite most often, it's Carol Dweck and, and mindset. Uh, yeah, the idea of growth mindset, but um, geez, Brene Brown, I uh, feel like always on point. Um, sorry, I'm turning this into a bibliography instead of a favorite author, but those are some of the ones that have been on my mind a lot lately. No, I like it. The, the more, the merrier. There's, there's always, I, I find there's always too much to read, but you know, I always want more. <laughs> what is your favorite quote? Favorite quote? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, the, the one that, that has been coming up quite a lot, um, there's a, a, a quote from, from Greek philosophy of no person ever crosses the same river twice. It's never the same person, never the same river. Uh, I, I feel like there's, there's so many challenges that we're facing that, uh, you know, feel like challenges we've faced before, but so much has changed around us and, and we've changed so much that it's just a good reminder to keep fresh eyes. Um, also, also a fan of the, the Einstein quote, keep it as, as simple as possible, but uh, no simpler. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that in, in the actual syntax, but uh, there is a lot of complexity and, you know, we need to try to reduce complexity where we can, but also, you know, acknowledge that complexity in, in, in the way we're thinking. And my final question, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in analytics? Uh, well, so, uh, this is a really interesting area because we're going through a bit of transition in this field. I mean, it's, um, you know, been, been in the space for a while uh, and it's, it's been a field that in a lot of ways has been emergent uh, and in some ways it's, it's arrived. Uh, and that, that means different things from a career perspective. Uh, you know, I think 10, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, you know, a, kind of a, a utility player could have a, a real kind of leadership career in this space uh, by, you know, th thinking about kind of what, what are the right questions to be asking and pulling in kind of key specialists in certain areas to, to really, you know, dive into the, the, the actual tools and methods. Uh, whereas, you know, increasingly, uh, you know, I think that the leadership roles are going to need to have a, a more robust understanding of those tools and methods uh, to be able to cross-check the work and to be able to inspire new ways of, of really adapting, uh, you know, the, those, those fundamental parts. So, you know, for someone in analytics, I think, you know, it's, it's probably a good time to be asking yourself, do I want to really double down on a career in analytics and everything that means for, you know, filling some of the foundational parts and it might mean, you know, going back and, and kind of learning more of the foundational coding piece uh, or some of the foundational statistics piece, and it, it's certainly going to mean a commitment to staying very current in that space. Or is it more compelling to me to think of analytics as kind of a stop in the in the journey here towards more broader uh, leadership? Um, I think we need leaders who understand analytics more and understand data more. Uh, so you know, it's it's one path to go you know all the way through to you know a full career in analytics. It's another to think about that as part of a a broader career. So. Uh, I think that's probably a good thing to be reflecting on right now, but um, otherwise, uh, you know, connect, connect with other people, connect with other information, don't get complacent, uh, really look um, outside of what you usually look at and talk to people that are outside of who you usually talk to. Uh, and across all the above, again, just stay focused on the problem. I mean, it, you know, it's so easy right now to, to look at everything through a, hey, how does, you know, how does ML help me solve that problem? How does RPA help me solve that problem? And, and meanwhile, it's like, well, 
let's just think about the problem for a minute and, and really what's the best solution rather than try and focus on, you know, all, all these great solutions that are out there right now. Um, great inspiration, but yeah, it shouldn't be a focus for thinking critically. Wise words from Keith Crutt, Director of People <laughs> Analytics at NASA. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thanks very much, Paul.